Matthew 17, verse 20. Jesus said to them, his disciples, they asked, his disciples asked, God, why can't we cast this demon out of this little kid? Why couldn't we deliver, why couldn't we deliver this little boy? Why couldn't we deliver? I don't know about you, but in, in just brutal honesty here, I have found myself often, um, I have a lot of good ideas, but the execution of those ideas are not always there. Um, I have a, a lot of good desires like I've listened to some powerful messages and desired some, some powerful things, some peaceful things, some, some consistent things. And yet, despite my desire, um, the delivery was not always equal to the desire. Just me or anybody else? Just kind of throw something at me. <laughs> if it's just me, I'll wear it. But thank you for waving at me a little bit. This same thing was happening to the disciples. And Jesus looks at them, and he's very gentle with them. He says, because of your unbelief. He actually, just a few verses later, earlier, says, because you're faithless and perverse. Well, I thank you, encouraging teacher of mine. Because of your unbelief, assuredly I say to you, if you had faith, just like our in-house pastor Blaine Francois was talking about earlier, it's faith um, without faith is impossible to please God. And it's not faith that moves our mountain, as we're about to read about, but it's our faith in God, and God moves the mountain. It's our faith that moves God, and God moves our mountain. If you had that faith, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, remember that, highlight it, circle it, write it real big over the rest of that, whatever you want to do, nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be. Verse 21, however, as good as that sounds, right? We can preach on the, on the faith of a mustard seed. I'm talking about just a little bit. God's kingdom will go a long ways. <laughs> you know, I can do that. Like, I like it. It's fun, and it excites me. And I have run aisles. I have. I've kicked shoes off and seen people trip and all kinds of stuff, and it was fun. Um, but, but what about Monday morning is, is kind of always... What I, what I go back to, because when I wake up there and I'm facing the however, that's what I need to know. However, this kind does not go out. This kind of what? Well, this kind of faith. This kind of faith does not go out, except the only way you're going to have that kind of faith consistently, the only way that you're going to have that kind of faith um, obediently and uh, is to... Fast and prayer, except by prayer and fasting. So we're in this series, and we're calling it What If, and, and we're living out our what if. It's our desire to live out our what if. Instead of looking at our past and saying, what if we would have, what could have happened? We live in our present and look at our past and say, because we did, uh, because we were obedient, look what God has done. So instead of living our life in regret, we live our life in revelation, okay? Instead of like a testimony of everything that we did wrong, our life is a testimony of everything that God has done right, okay? So what if we truly caught the vision and implemented it in our entire lives, no matter where we are, what we're doing, to meet people and grow closer to God together? And in 2018, we really focused on that. And I know some of you are like, oh, my Lord, with the phrase. Okay, but 
But until we all do it, okay, I'm going to keep, until that is accomplished and completed, I'm going to continue after it because that's what God laid on our hearts to implement is the vision and the purpose of this church, to meet people and grow closer to God together. And so often, we have a lot of people that are willing to do one or the other. Like, we're either so spiritual that all we focus on is growing closer to God and sharing the gospel and leading people to Jesus and it's ah, all the time. Or we're on the other end of the spectrum and we think that all that stuff's too spiritual and I'm just going to hang out. Like, right? Life's a garden. Dig it, baby. Okay, I'm just going to get to know some folks and we're going to do the thing and eat gumbo and drink beer and sing kumbaya. If somebody has a guitar, it'll probably turn into something not kumbaya. But we think, man, these things don't go together. But what if they did? Like, what if practical went along with spiritual? And we just meet people right where they are because we see the potential of the kingdom of God inside of them. And we don't try to force anything down their throat. We don't try to meet them with an agenda. We just meet them because we really want to get to know them. And through relationship, we earn the right to disciple and minister to them. What if we could really do it? What if nothing is impossible? Nothing is not possible. We cannot stay in nothing when we pray and when we fast. Now look up the definition of nothing, and, and I like definitions because they're really subjective to somebody. Somebody wrote that definition down, and so I just picked the one that I like the most and go with it. And so here's what I did. Nothing, according to the definition that I googled, um, is having no prospect of progress. That's what nothing is. I have no prospect for any progress, physically, spiritually, or emotionally. I'm not going to do anything to change my situation unless my situation changes for me. I don't aspire to anything more. I'm completely satisfied and settled. I'm in well enough. Leave me alone. That is nothing. No prospect for progress. But the scripture says... That in Christ, all things are possible. In prayer and in fasting, nothing, staying in that nothing place, staying in that old sin, staying in that settled, satisfied, I've always been this way, I'm never going to change, is impossible in God because with God, all things are possible, meaning nothing cannot remain. Nothing can't stay there. The prospect of no progress cannot be in a believer who is in Christ Jesus. We want to live out our what if. We are not able to not grow. Not doing anything is impossible. Not growing is impossible. Not praying is impossible. Not learning and studying God's word is impossible. Not becoming more than we were the year before. Oh, I started rapping. It is impossible when you are in Christ. It's impossible. Now listen, and I say this carefully, but for me, 
There are too many world changers in Christianity getting divorced. Now, they may be winning Haiti, but they're losing their home. Come on, somebody. There are too many Christians, believers, who have never led anyone to Jesus. Never prayed with anybody. Never ministered really with anybody. In fact, their only ministry happens when they watch other people do ministry and they get to be a part of it. And I don't believe that that is the will of God for the people of God. Can I say there's too many pastors losing their children to the ministry. There are too many spirit-filled people unwilling to meet and disciple anybody outside of their little spiritual circle. The Word of God is no more alive in us than the people that it was meant to reach. There are too many believers that live, act, even think just like the world that they are wandering around in. And if we pray and if we fast, then nothing, that nothing that makes the bride of Christ look just like the world is not possible. Why are we fasting? Why are we fasting? This is our why. Our why fasting is to build confidence. Watch out. As children of God. Children of God. Because Scripture says clearly that we are either children of the light, children of God, or we are children of the enemy. And as I said, we have too many children of God that are wondering as a lost individual that in the world that they are living in. Instead of impacting and setting the atmosphere, they are impacted and set by the atmosphere. And that's got to change. That nothing has to become something so that in the children of God, all things are possible. And the way that we do that is by building confidence in who we are as children of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 26. It says, For the Lord will be your confidence. The Lord will be your confidence. And He will keep your foot from being caught. You won't continue to be ensnared by the same old things when the, the Lord is your confidence. You won't continue to be weighed down by the same old things when the Lord is your confidence. When you pray and you fast, your nothing turns into something. Now fasting, this is the why we're fasting and then the what that it accomplishes. So here's our why to build, okay? And here's our what. What does it accomplish? Fasting will sharpen us spiritually. It will sharpen us spiritually. Here's what happens when you set aside time to pray and to fast. Instead of being faithless and perverse, okay, you begin to become holy and faith-filled, okay? You disconnect 
from the world and you reconnect with Jesus. And when you pray and you fast, connecting with Jesus, here's what happens in your life is Jesus takes back his rightful place right in the center of everything that we do. In fact, he doesn't just become a part of our lives. He becomes the purpose of our lives. He's not just part of everything that we do, okay? He's the purpose behind everything that we do. Now, this is especially important for us in the Bible Belt South, okay? Because Jesus is a part of everything, everywhere. And can I just say carefully that I believe that this is actually a very dangerous place to be if we're not mindful of what God wants us to be? Because Jesus has become so much a part of everything that we do that he's become only a part of everything that we do. Instead of being the essence of our being and the source of our substance, he's just kind of a part of everything. And we include him. Like we let Jesus come in and be a part of our lives or a part of our experience. He's not the purpose behind it. Jesus is so much a part of our culture that he's only a part of our culture. And that we only live our lives for Jesus through other people or through other things when that is not the New Testament model of someone who believes in God. It's not just that we would come to church, but that we would be the church. I don't just give in an offering on Sunday morning. That's why I'm not afraid to speak it. Because the giving and the forgiving go together. I'm not afraid to preach about giving because John 3.16 says, For God so loved that he gave. And when he gave, it changed the scope of eternity. So I'm not asking you just to give in an offering. I'm asking you to give as an offering of God. Not just on Sunday, but on every day. That Jesus is not just part of, but he's the purpose of everything that you are. And when you pray and you fast and you set that time aside, it makes a difference. Now, last night, we turned our TV off. And I've been praying all morning um, whether God has released me to turn that thing back on today at 3.30. <laughs> and tomorrow night for the national championship. So we're going to come together and talk about, talk about this as a family. We watched the national championship last year, but our fast... Our fast begins today at noon, and, and we're, we're teaching our kids what it means to, to pray and to fast, to, to give something up in order to grow closer to God. And, and we're talking about that and what habits we're forming, not just the ones that we're fasting. Well, last night, we, we turned the TV off. Like, you know what? Let's practice. Uh, and we turned the TV off. And you know what we did? We all got a book, and we read a book together. And it wasn't even like about Jesus. It was just like spending time together. Because when you, when you fast and you, you move things away, God is able to replace them with the more important things. And we just, we just read a book. Even Gabriel. I don't know. It's crazy, right? Like the TV wasn't on. And he was like, oh. Like it had a flashlight and you could see stuff behind it. It was crazy. He wanted to use the flashlight. And Adeline crawled on me and hurt me. And oh, God, I mean, it was fun. We spend time together. When we unplug, fasting sharpens us. There's a story of a, a young uh, lumberjack and, and wanting to prove himself, or a young man wanting to prove himself. You know, like the uh, 16 or 17-year-old that ignorantly stands up to daddy for the first time. 
I'm excited about those days. Uh, so, well, I remember, never mind, my uncle did that to my grandfather one time, didn't work out well for my uncle. So, but this, this young lumberjack wanting to prove himself, and he stands against the, the elder lumberjack. And so if you will, just imagine this, this young, strong, uh, fervent, excited, passionate young lumberjack. I know, thank you. Okay, I appreciate this. And now, and so, and then the elder, right? The more experienced, the more, the more wisdom, not as strong, not as fast, Probably not as much fervency, but here they go, right? And, and the competition was who can stack the most wood by the end of the day. And in first service, I used uh, Blaine and Clay Francois because Clay is bigger. And, uh, and probably he said he's faster. And I think they have axes right now trying to prove because Clay said, I will die before you stack more wood than me. And so I hope they went home and did that. But here we go. The younger, they start off at seven and the younger takes off, Right. It's a sprint. It's not a marathon. I'm about to kick this old guy's tail. And he takes off. And at the end of every hour, the older man would stop. And the young man would keep on going. And by lunch, the young man was destroying the older man in this competition. And every hour, on the hour, the older man would sit down and he would stop. And the young man would keep going. Work through lunch. Work through the afternoon. But about mid-afternoon... You started to notice a difference in the pile. The elder was beginning to catch the younger. And by the end of the day, from seven to seven, the elder had stacked way more than the younger. There's just a story to illustrate this. And the younger asked the elder, how in the world did you beat me? How did you cut and stack more wood than me when I'm faster, I'm stronger, I'm younger, and I wanted it worse than you did. And the older man said, every hour that I sat down, I would take five minutes, and I would sharpen my blade. Even as long-term believers, and especially as new or younger believers in the faith, I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about in our faith, we've got to be willing to stop, to slow down and sharpen our blade fast and pray like a computer that's just downloaded a few too many things over that entire year. We need to reset and refresh ourselves in God's Spirit. What if God's Word in 2018 was greater than your worry in 2017? What if God's word in 2018 was bigger than your past? It was bigger than your sin. It was bigger than your situation. It was your source and your security and your significance. Back to that idea of nothing. Nothing being impossible. And the Bible says in Matthew 17 and in Mark chapter 9 that when you pray and when you fast, that these two things together form some sort of formula in the spiritual realm where nothing no longer has the ability to exist. 
Now, often you hear this, nothing is impossible, and the pastor gets the microphone. I said, there's no sickness that can't be healed. There's no providing miracle that can't come to pass in your finances. There's no idea that's not too big for you to accomplish. Nothing in, come on, y'all know what I was, you've seen them. Maybe they were on TV, but some of you, you saw them. And the nothing that is impossible is aiming for the stars and hitting the moon. It's the idea that I can do all things through Christ to gives me strength, but it's always more about me than it is God. In fact, even that scripture has been so defiled that it has only become about winning a sports event instead of winning souls on behalf of the kingdom of God. That we're more interested in our accolades and our accomplishment than we are in his will. Listen, those things are not necessarily bad in nature. I believe that there are some powerful and incredible creative ideas that are in this place. But when the nothing that no longer is impossible is more about me, my will, my glory, my desires, when that nothing is not about God and his will for my life, then we've missed it. See, I can pray and I can fast and I can give those things up. And grow closer to God. I can let go and let God. I can disconnect with the world and reconnect with his word. I can fast the old way of 2017. And I can form God's will in me for 2018. What if living for Jesus in 2018 became the natural tendency inside of you. Even serving in ministry, full-time vocational. Can I tell you that there have been many many times, sometimes even many years, where living for Jesus was not the natural tendency. Living for Jesus was the second tendency. The first tendency was to be me and be in the flesh. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? And what if the nothing... The nothing that's impossible is just me living for Jesus and that becoming more natural than me living for myself. Me finding God's new ways becomes more natural than me living in my old ways. Like my tendency, my nature is to be like Christ, not like Chris. What if that's all that God does? What if that is the nothing that God turns into something that is possible in 2018? What if prayer or a conversation with God becomes something in 2018 that I cannot live without? A conversation with God every day. To know him and to make him known. And to pray not just in private by myself, but to pray without ceasing. To be in a constant conversation with God. And and not be able to live and breathe and have my breath without that conversation. Without that prayer life. Even if it's something that I had to develop. Instead of everything that I can accomplish and everything that I could complete. What if the nothing that becomes something is just a prayer life? That I don't currently have. What if in 2018. My spouse. Truly becomes. 
the only source of my, oh, come on, guys, visual, physical, and, ladies, emotional gratification outside of Jesus. To be obedient to his ways, young people, no matter what she wears. The nothing that becomes something that is possible is that I would either set this person aside or set this person up to be the source of my fulfillment in those areas outside of Jesus Christ. What if in 2018, my children were only a product of my godly example? My children were only a product of my godly example. And the reason that I put my spouse before my children is because that's her biblical and proper place. And I am her biblical and proper place. We get those out of order sometimes. It's Jesus at the center of it all as the purpose behind everything. And then our spouse. And then our children. If you're married. If you're not married, then put your children ahead of them. See how that works out. What if 2018 church was just a celebration or a culmination on Sunday morning of all the ministry of all the saints throughout the week? Instead of being the place that we're ministered to, it's the place that we celebrate all the ministry that we've been doing all week long. That I don't just give in the offering. Come on, I give as an offering. That I'm not just coming to church, I'm being the church. It's not subject to the sanctuary or the foyer. It's fulfilled in society. Because of what Jesus has done in me, I start doing it for other people. And church is just the celebration, the coming together, the gathering of the body of Christ. That yeah, it still ministers and it still serves a purpose. But we are setting those people up for success. Look what the Lord is doing in everybody's life as all the saints are equipped and accomplishing the ministry together. What if in 2018 you truly become what God has created you to be? That is the nothing that becomes something that's possible. Everybody preaches on this passage. and All the things that we can do and accomplish. What if the believer just became more confident? No matter the circumstance. What if your circumstance was more subject to your right as an heir, as a child of God then you were subject to your circumstance. What if you were to disciple with more discipline than disobedience? <laughs> disciple other... What if discipleship actually equaled discipline in 2018 for the people that call their uh, new hope their home and, and Jesus their Lord? 
Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I say I'm a disciple, but my discipline goes out after second service. It's like, man, I'm good in the pulpit, but in public, this is more of a challenge. <laughs> Especially when somebody cuts me off on the interstate. You don't. If I was a disciple, then my discipline is evident in the most difficult of circumstances. That I don't become obedient or disobedient because of the atmospheres being conducive. I'm just obedient and, uh, and faithful because of what God's done in me, and I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm a parking I'm a dis, I'm a parking lot. No, I'm not a parking lot. I'm a disciple at the restaurant even when my food is 30 minutes late. I tip bigger and say God bless you. I'm patient and I'm kind. Oh, we can be spirit filled and we can be holy and we can be excited, but man, being nice meeting people. Oh, I'm sanctified and spirit-filled in the altar. I ain't met nobody, knew or led anybody to Jesus in the last decade. But boy, at church, I look good, baby. No, 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 no. What if, what if you, what if I became everything that God created me to be in 2017? We began individually to truly begin to win the unbeliever, to heal the hurting, to minister to the broken. What if we began to serve and we started a revolution of servanthood in this community where the essence of everything that we did was to reach it and be a blessing without getting anything in return? And we didn't just focus on this community or the nation or the world but we focused on serving our wives. Come on, somebody. Serving our husbands. Serving our children. If our opinion was less important than their soul and we got out of the way of what God wanted to do and we started being more humble than we were prideful and we began to be who God created us to be, that living for Jesus, walking like Him, acting like Him, talking like Him, living like Him and thinking like Him became second nature to everything that we are because of who he is what if that is all the nothing that's impossible in 2018 the nothing that becomes something it's just an authentic prayer life I'm going to say this carefully because of where I am but can I tell you that your prayer life can be better conversations with God in Jesus' name and nobody else. Be very careful. Listen, hear my heart in this. I'm not mad at anything. I'm thankful for the culture and the place, but I'm not subject to it. And neither is His Spirit. See, what would be even more beautiful than people having relationship with Jesus through other people is if people had relationship with Jesus through Jesus. That if people prayed to Jesus only and realized and believed that nobody else is listening because His blood purchased paid was enough 
for you to grow straight to the throne room of God with confidence in who you are because of Jesus and Jesus alone. That he's more than enough. And you don't have to agree with that. But I want that so bad. Can I tell you? Can you just hear me for a second? I believe that this place is the ripest field that God has ever put me in. Because there are so many people that have Jesus as a part of their life. But it's damning. It's condemnational. It's just something that we do. But there are very few people that Jesus is the center of it all and that their lives are a product of his purpose and his power, that they don't live in the knowledge of good and evil. They live in the tree of life because Jesus paid for that. Jesus purchased that. And Jesus, and Jesus alone, intercesses at the right hand of God on behalf of his children. And we can have confidence in who we are because of him. What if the nothing that turns into something in 2018 is just learning his word instead of hearing it from somebody else. Learning it. Studying to show thyself approved. Letting his word determine our behavior and our outlook. Oh, hey, by the way, as a man thinks, so he is. But when you get his word inside of you, the way that you think begins to change and the way that you behave begins to follow. What if? Crazy. What if? You develop a more personal love for Jesus and for others than you've ever had before. 2018. And next steps, we go over these. These are the, this is the mission of our church. The vision is to meet people and grow closer to God together. That's why we exist. But the mission is our what. We learn about that in next steps that's cranking up in February. And if you've never been a part of that, we would highly recommend that you are. You're going to hear a lot of things that you already know, except for you're going to get them on paper and apply them to your life. Here's the steps. Number one, to know Jesus. What if you just know Jesus better in 2018 than you've ever known him before? Pray and fast for the next 21 days. What if you find freedom over sin that you've never had before? Listen to me, friend. Pray and fast with us for the next 21 days. What if you discover your purpose? It's number three. You discover your purpose for existence and it's more than just provision you know what happens when Jesus is not the center that when Jesus is just a part of everything that we do out here we begin to replace Jesus with things that don't belong we begin to put success right here in the middle and that's what we find substance in accomplishment academic athletic work Provision and our ability to provide for ourselves and our family. Materials, possessions. Our own children become idols 
because they're the center of our world instead of Jesus. Put Jesus back in the middle. You know him and you make him known. You find freedom. You discover your purpose and your children and your loved ones get to watch you, number four, impact eternity. That everything you do turns into eternal, not just temporary. Did you know that without Jesus, your works are like filthy rags before God? But in Christ, your works are the reward by which you will be judged and given sanctity and fulfillment for all eternity. See, on your own, your works are temporary and they die with you. But because of God's grace in Christ and Christ alone, your works have an eternal impact. Shaking somebody's hands, not just shaking somebody's hand. It's taking their hand and saying, Hey, imitate me as I imitate the Lord. There's more in you than you've ever known. There's salvation for you in your home. Come on, somebody. There's more in us to be available because nothing is impossible when the people of God pray and fast before the face of God, form new habits, and look like what we say we believe. We become children of the Most High, understanding our right, operating in our authority, and accomplishing His will for our lives and for our family. Isaiah 58, verse 6. This is the fast I've chosen. I know that's not exactly what it says right there. But if you read this in Chris language, you see God being sarcastic. I love it. Hey, is this not the fast I've chosen? I love that. I always, I see sarcasm from like a mile away. That's funny. Is this not what I've said? To loose the bonds of wickedness. You're not carrying that junk anymore. To undo heavy burdens. Because that's not what you were created for. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break. Hang on. I pray and I fast. And I understand what God's already done for me. So I start letting him do it through me. I don't keep asking him to do the same old things over and over again because I prayed and I fasted and my nothing was replaced with something and the yoke is made easy. The burden is light. The wickedness has been loosened and the the burdens are no longer heavy. They're easy. The oppressed inside of me and outside of me begin to experience the freedom that I'm now walking in, not in 2017, 16 and before, but right now today in 2018 and even more that when I pray and I fast these things begin to be seen in my life because of what God's done and then I begin to break mess off of everybody else I begin to make a difference to discover my purpose and impact eternity and what God has done through me is evident in my life and it affects other people in 2018 that's the nothing that becomes possible. Verse 7, servanthood. The whole thing. The whole thing is about servanthood and giving. Because it's always there. Forgiveness and salvation are always tied to servanthood and giving. Every time. And if you don't learn how to serve, it's going to be very difficult to, for you to be confident that you are saved. But when you learn how to serve, 
and you see God operating through you, through servanthood, and you grow spiritually and confidently. You begin to sharpen yourself spiritually and strengthen yourself spiritually. Watch what verse 8 says happens. Then your light, your light breaks forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Not just for, for you, but through you. Because of what he's done in you. And your righteousness, my righteousness, yeah, your righteousness goes before you. In fact, it affects the people that he puts in your path that are already in front of you. You're just walking down the road. People are like, whoa, what was that? Not really physically, but they sense something about you that they know they just have to have. And they have to ask you, what is it that makes you different? What is it that makes me gravitate towards you? I'm drawn to you and I don't even know why. I want to share my life with you and I don't even understand because you shouldn't care. But it seems like that you do care. There's a light about you. There's a joy about you. Come on. There's a patience about you. There's a temperance about you. Your light breaks forth like the morning. Your healing springs forth speedily. And your righteousness goes before you. Now, I love this. And the glory of God shall be your rear guard. This is like when Jesus told the disciples... Now go into all the world, disciple and baptize and do everything in a great commission. And lo, hey, I'll be right there with you. I'll be right there with you. The whole time, the whole way, I'll be right there with you. Can you see yourself waking up tomorrow morning and you get out of bed and there is an army of angels encamped around you, ready, sorted, and girded up for the day that is ahead of you. Your righteousness goes before and they just follow along wishing somebody would mess with God's baby that morning or that day, that afternoon, that Tuesday, whatever it is, he's with you and you shall call and the Lord will answer. And you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. Just like mama in the middle of the night. Baby's not even awake. Ah! Hey, I got you. I'm here. It's okay. You remember mama coming in there in your room last night? Mm -mm. That's what God does. He comes in response to your call comes in response to your cry and you have confidence that he would say here I am you build confidence as a child of God I promise this is the last thing that we're doing wrap it up thank you for enduring with us verse 7 is of John first John chapter 3 it says dear children like one version says dear little children like hey mama's boys (laughs) you're nothing without me Don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous. Boy, that's an anomaly in our culture. You mean that me doing right should follow my righteousness in Christ? Yeah. It's going to affect who you are. Even, not because of you, as Christ was righteous. Verse 8, don't get mad at me. It's in the Bible. When people keep on sinning it shows that they belong to the devil thank you John for giving it to us easily 
serving us baby food this morning so we won't choke on the meat. When you keep on sinning, it shows you belong to the devil. Listen, watch, watch. you got to put this in the context of this whole thing or you'll make doctrine out of one scripture. Be careful. What he's saying is when Jesus is at the center of everything that you do, when he is the essence of your being and the purpose behind everything that you are, then nothing is impossible. You can't keep on sinning. You can't keep on getting stuck by your past. Your current situation is not tomorrow's testimony. You're more than that because he was more than that. You can't just continue in the same old thing. Even though that devil's been sinning since the beginning, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. And if you believe in the Father, then believe also in the Son. And watch this. When the devil comes to your door and he begins to knock your light will burst forth like the morning and he just all you got to do is turn around and the light that resonates from you will bust the door open in his face and send him shooting back where he came from he'd be like i'll go bother somebody else i'm gonna go to this other church over here because that church has got too much light in it for me to stick around and have any influence what god has done in the people verse 9 those who have been born again into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them so they can't keep on nothing in only in the south do you get away with that why because they're children of God because they're children of God well it's in me just because you don't know who you are I keep on stumbling. That's because the Lord's not your confidence. I'm stuck in my sin. It's because Jesus doesn't stay in the center. Because nothing turns into something. And in God, all things are possible. But before we build confidence, as children of God, we must be children of God. So before you focus on anything else that you're going to do, and you're doing. I want you to focus on your being. Who are you? And who is he to you? Now I have three questions. This is how we're going to end this morning. Late. <laughs> Whoa. Three questions. Number one. What can I fast? I want you to ask. I want you to write it down. I want you to ask God. What can I fast? I've been saying a lot about 21 days beginning at lunch today. Maybe it's just one day a week. You just fast one day a week. If that's all you can do, praise God. Maybe you fast three days out of the 21 days or maybe one week out of the 21. Whatever it is, God, we encourage one food item, like the one that you have the most often or that you want the worst. Like if I fasted cake, I'm not going to grow. That's not a big deal to me. Okay? Uh, but red meat, that's kind of important. Uh, sour candy, like i got to hide that junk for the next 21 days. I will fiend for it. What can I fast? One food item. And we've got several. I don't have time to tell you everything that we're going to do. But one food item and then one behavioral. Or one like cultural. Like the thing that takes the most time up in your life. 
Maybe it's eating. Fast that again. (laughs) Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's your phone. Give yourself time restraints. Maybe some sort of other sort of entertainment. Whatever it is. Change what you're putting in you. Change what you're putting in you. Food, cultural, culinary, or behavioral. Just as important, probably even more important than what you put in your mouth is what you put in your eyes and you put in your ears and the people and the places that you go and you involve yourself in and surround yourself with. Maybe you need to fast that. The second, fasting is just a diet without prayer. So, so what are you forming? That's the second question. God, what, what am I forming? What do you want me to form over the next 21 days? The next 21 days that affect the next 344 days until we do this again. What, what am I forming? I don't know what that thing is. Could just, I don't know. For me, it's like I want to form the habit of praying over my wife as much or more than I pray over my children. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm human even though I'm in the pulpit. Like I fall short of her constantly. What do I need to form? Here's the final one. What am I praying and believing God for? Privately and publicly. Okay, I know I did this Wednesday, but it just seems like predominantly there are more people here on Sunday than Wednesday. It's like a thing every week. And so I did it Wednesday night, but I knew that I didn't get everybody. And maybe some of you have been praying, and now you can write down that thing right now before we leave today. What am I fasting? What can I fast? What do I need to form? And what am I praying and believing God for? Don't we have an incredible media team? Like, they already got it. I'm repeating it as if you can't see it. (laughs) Privately and publicly. What am I believing God for? Praying and believing God. Jesus, help us to hear from you quickly right now. I pray that your spirit would come into this place and that we would recognize you, that you would make yourself known and you would help us to receive. Right now, if you're in the room, can I just ask you this question? And the church is praying, and just in an attitude of prayer quickly. Is Jesus at the center of everything that you do? Is he the purpose behind everything that you do or is he just part of your life? Maybe he's not even in your life. And you don't know whether you're saved or not. You've never given him your life or it's been a long time since he's really had control of everything. And right now in this moment, just by the raising of your hand and the praying of a prayer and confessing the Lord Jesus, you want to make that right, right where you are. Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Come on, me too. But specifically... You haven't been and you know you need to or you never have and you want to make it right today. Jesus is not just part of my life. He's the purpose behind everything that I do. You want to make it right before you leave here. Just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. That's me. I want to make this right. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I'm going to wait for you. I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Church, would you pray this prayer with me? Thank you. Jesus take my life make it yours be the purpose 
behind everything I do. I confess you as Lord. Forgive me. Save me. Help me to follow you with all of my heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, if I didn't lull you to sleep, would you stand up with me and praise Jesus real big for all of those? Come on, who, who just put Jesus at the center of it all, who just made Jesus? Come on, I'd I lull you to sleep that bad? Was it that? Or? Praising Jesus and thanking him, not just praying and hoping for revival, but being a part of a church that's experiencing it, a bride and a body and a community that it's happening in, that he's more than just a part. He's our purpose. He's our purpose. Even, even more quickly, I keep saying that to give you hope, okay? And so, I just want to, I'm excited about Jason Crabb. Jason Crabb's a, an incredible vocalist. I am, thank you. Praise God. I didn't do anything. I don't know why I said thank you. Uh, I get to meet him because I'm the pastor, and uh, you're not. And so, I'm excited about having him, and we're just believing God uh, for people to give greatly in the offering because we can't really afford him, but we wanted to bring him in anyways. And so, we just... Pray that we're going to have a great night. It's going to be really great. It's going to be really cool. And uh, Greg Brown informed me that uh, he doesn't need to be the pastor to know Jason Crabb. He already does know him. And I said, well, yeah, that's because your brother's Clint Brown, and we can't all have that either. So I'm excited, okay, about Jason Crabb on the 21st. It's going to be a great night. Here, let me tell you what I'm even more excited about. And, and I mean this, truly. I, I really mean this. I'm even more excited about January. Hey, let me talk. I'm really more, I'm even more excited about January 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. I'm even more excited about it, okay? Because it's the culmination of 21 days of a corporate praying and fasting. 21 days. I am believing God to do even more than He's already done. To reveal Himself incredibly in both of those Sunday morning services and in that Sunday night service at 6 and in Monday at 7 and then with Pastor Johnny Hunt Tuesday at 7 and Wednesday at 7 and I'm telling you right now the enemy's going to give you every excuse in the world why you don't need to come to one or two of those services well I already went my kids are my kids are going to be more tired but they're going to be here baby and some of them are even going to be in service and I'm going to teach them how to love Jesus and ministry and love coming to church and get all everything that God has for a minute. I want you to plan. I want you to pray. I want you to put it on your schedule to come to those services and invite people with Pastor Don and Susan Norton on Sunday and Monday and Pastor Johnny and April Hunt on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's going to be a powerful and incredible, peaceful time together in God's presence. We're believing God to do some mighty things, most of all, to give us momentum to accomplish what He already has planned. All right? Amen. Let it be. Open up your hands like I'm giving you a gift. Jesus, I thank you for these people. Pray you forgive me for preaching so long, but thank you for their grace and reception. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people, make your face to shine upon us, and be gracious to us. Lift up your countenance and give us your peace. Holy Spirit, come upon us and empower us to be a witness, an example for you, that in 2018, nothing would be impossible. And that all things that you have fashioned and planned for us would be formed in our lives. That you would show us the way and help us to walk in it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Meet somebody that you don't know. Have a great afternoon. And I even pray with you the saints win. Hallelujah.